Good morning, everyone. You are listening to OC3 Frequencies, a podcast by the Oak Cliff Cultural Center, a division of the City of Dallas Office of Arts and Culture. I am Rafael Tamayo, here with the rest of the OC3 staff. Hola. Hello. And we've got some special guests, co colleagues, co-workers, uh, partners in crime. Besties. Besties. I like besties. Um, yeah, with the Cultural Programs Division of the City of Dallas Office of Arts and Culture. I'm going to let our guests introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. <laughs> my name is, yeah, right? Uh, my name is Glenn Ayers. I'm the Cultural Programs Manager for the Office of Arts and Culture. And with me is... Adriana Portillo. I am the Cultural Programs Coordinator for the Office of Arts and Culture Funding Programs. Yes. So, um, besties also. Um, that yeah. should be an official title. Yeah. Now yes, we have besties. to do the TikTok <laughs> videos. Pink, pink, pink. Yeah. Girls, 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 okay. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Together. Forever. forever. Linda and Heather. Best friends. Anyway, so we're be on here the at Oak Cliff. Yeah, we're here at OC3 on um, a wonderful Thursday morning, which I, you know, I'm really liking the fact that we're recording these in the mornings, even though it might not be the best for Monica, just because she's, again, our, uh, our late shift coordinator but um i think it's pretty cool you know we we have a ton of stuff to do all the time always but it feels good to be able to get this knocked out in the morning so um and, and so early in the morning at you know, 11 30 at the crack of dawn just you know <laughs> the I mean? earliest time possible i just think to myself like so i was i was who channeling can, who is the biggest martyr in all of this and it's really monica yeah it's, it's tough really a, it's yeah. amazing yeah. watching you, you know, is inspiring thank you I it's was going to put a... like some sound effects to make it seem like it was earlier than mm. it actually is. It's five but, in the morning. Rooster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, daylight savings isn't doing us any favors. It's still dark outside. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Truly. You know, so we're early. gonna watch the sunrise over Oak Cliff. Um, no, but welcome, listeners. Again, this is OC Three Frequencies. If you listen to our other episodes, um, welcome back. We have um, again Glenn and Adriana here with us. They're with the City of Dallas Office of Arts and Culture, so they do a lot. We're gonna let them kind of talk about that, but I'm excited because um, we were trying to figure out who to bring on the podcast next, and I think it's important given the type of work that we do here at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center, the people that we've had on here so far, and you know the things that that um, are kind of happening now that we're coming back and sort of coming out of a pandemic because we're not completely out of it yet, but sort of like a resurgence of, of, you know, experiences that are going on. And Glenn and Adriana are a wealth of resources. Um, They do so much work and it's really exciting to be able to get them to sit down and chisel out some time to talk to us about some of that exciting stuff. So with my little intro spiel, I will hand Mm -hmm. it off to our coordinator, Monica Luna, who prepared some questions, and we're going to get right into it. Monica, what's up? Okay, so question number one. No. <laughs> <laughs> no frills. Let's do this. No frills. Let's go. Yeah, so um, y'all told us your name, title. So what do y'all do? What is funding programs? Uh, so do, I want to take yeah, a, go just for like it. go ahead go and take it. over. <clears throat> um, so funding programs is, is basically our, for lack of a better term, sort of our grant-giving or grant making, giving money away part of uh, the department. Uh, so we have four sort of core divisions, one of which y'all are a part of, which is like the cultural centers. Um, then we have public art. We have WRR 101.1 FM, our classical radio station. And then funding programs is sort of that fourth 
pillar, arm, whatever you want to call that. We have about $6 million that we give out every year in funding through various programs, which we'll talk about soon, I'm sure. Um, and so that is sort of it. We set our applications, our guidelines from like cradle to grave. We do all of it. <laughs> we sure do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So that's funding programs. So um, what programs are available? So we have about three funding programs that we uh, work with. The first is our COP. That is for nonprofits and organ- it's more operational funding types of funds. A lot of that is big organizations and small organizations in the Dallas community. Our second funding programs we have is community, our CAP, or Community Artist Program. Right now it's um, spearheaded by our community arts team, Rhonda and Gerardo, but they are artists that do free services in the community and uh, we pay for them to go out and do those activities. And then we also have Arts Activate. That's what we're going to kind of focus on today, which is our project-based funding program that accepts proposals from individual artists and not Dallas-based nonprofits. Yeah, so Iris, any questions? So when you're looking at um, applications from nonprofits or individual artists, um, what is something that will make an application stand out? So we see a lot of applications come our way in all of those different funding programs. But like Adriana was saying, focusing kind of on Arts Activate and that project-based mm-hmm. um, mindset, right? Clear end, beginning and end dates, like that kind of stuff. Um, more and more, those innovative and unique types of projects really stand out. Um, is it something new that you're providing in Dallas? Something that you know, our panelists are really, anyone hasn't really seen before. Are you partnering with different artists or organizations to sort of um, make it a little bit different or like make it stand out just a little bit more? Um, Applications that are really like planned and uh, like sort of clearly defined as opposed to being like, I want to write a play. That's great. That's (laughs) awesome. Love that for you that you want to write that play Uh, and then like put it on as a production. But like, what are your sort of what are you hoping like how are you going to do that in the first place and what are you hoping to get from that as well and what mm-hmm. are your goals with the play right and i yeah. think that's that's yeah. that's mm-hmm. one thing i'm sorry to interrupt really quickly but Not in terms of it. doing a play like it can be as simple as we want to present a play that's right but if you have this revolutionary idea and you sum it up with just a play but it's not just a play like how is it that an applicant can kind of be compelled to say how can i switch my mindset to it's not just a play. It's something that's mixing a play with, you know, a different discipline or it's mm. an entirely different idea on what a play is. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. It's just sort of being able to sort of write down what your intent sort of is in your project. And even if it is just a very straightforward play, what is your play about? Why are you passionate about that play? Mm-hmm. Who are you hoping to represent in that particular uh, production? Whether if that's the representation in the play itself and the characters that you're making, mm-hmm. uh, who are you hiring and the representation and like who you're actually using as actors uh, or performers in that play? And then who are you delivering that play to, right? Who is your audience? Are you uh, wanting to serve a particular uh, community that you um, sort of are a part of or that you want to show that representation for? Do you want to spread that out even further to a multitude of different communities to, to show that representation on stage to other people that may not have otherwise 
been exposed to that in general um, to show that like, no, this can happen and this representation is happening on stage too. So all I think, I really think that all of that in those considerations, like the reason why someone, an applicant might be really passionate about it are all really great things to include in that application. What is the best way for someone to convey the why? Because I think a lot of us will read through an application and it's like, or, you know, I've done applications before and, and you're kind of filling it out. How do you communicate that why? What's the best way? Do you want like statistics? Do you want, what are you looking for? So, I mean, data is always really good, but I don't feel like it's always like, like our projects aren't always data driven. So I always like think of working, like why do, what's the purpose of why I want to do this play or I want to do this project and working from there backwards a little bit. So talking about like the impact it's going to have, is it going to center historically excluded communities? Is it going to provide a service that's unique to the landscape of Dallas that is currently not being service? Is there a gap in services right now? And with this project, you'll be able to kind of work on that gap. Uh, we saw that a lot with our Spanish speaking application. So we recently have translated our process. So now Spanish speaking applicants can also uh, apply for Spanish speaking services because we had a huge gap in Hispanic, Latinx, um, people becoming serviced. Mm -hmm. So really, I think it's um, centering what is the main thing you want to come out from this project and focusing on that, then I always recommend people have someone who is not part of your project read your proposal because as artists, it's very much in your head what you want to do, but mm -hmm. sometimes you can't communicate it properly. So having someone else who's very removed from it, look at it really kind of helps sum that up as mm -hmm. to like why. I yeah. think you could also recommend to having someone who has gotten grants before, who has, you know, been successful at writing grants and it doesn't matter where it, where you know they were getting the grant from. Just have someone that's written grants and and gotten money before read yeah. it because yeah. they know what is needed. Well, and we're always here for um, feedback too. So yeah. you, throughout your application process, you can always reach out to either Glenn and me, or I, Glenn and I, I and Glenn, me, me, Ooh. Me, 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 and Glenn, me I think and Glenn. You, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the yeah. that's the one. That's the, the one. Object of the prep. Yeah, me yeah. And Glenn. Uh, bro. <laughs> Well, we will gladly look over your application. We're in tune with what the panelists are looking at and what they're wanting to get. And we can give you feedback and say, like, this part's a little bit stronger. Also, the way that our application is laid out um, kind of has you answer some of those, like, why questions. Because yeah. we ask about, like, impact, your project um, description. We ask about who you're trying to serve. Mm -hmm. um, so I think if you just look through our application, it kind of guides you to, to talk about what you're wanting to do. That's cool that y'all are... Um that you're saying that in terms of like reaching out to you and I think it being accessible is really important um, for artists and organizations because you know just city city of Dallas in mm. general application process grants how can I get funding for this really cool idea I have I think that a lot of the people that we've dealt with out here in Oak Cliff um, that can seem very daunting like mm. yeah. you can look at it and be like man that's what I need to make what I have in mind a reality but it's so scary because I don't know what's going to work. I don't know who I can talk to. I don't know like what to do. So saying like, hey, reach out. Not saying that, you know, um, y'all are fielding questions 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, you know, it feels like that sometimes. No, but I know <laughs> like, no, for real, y'all are y'all are always working. And I mean, y'all handle a lot of stuff. So um, for you to be able to say like, hey, you know, reach out to us. Um, I think it's important. And if anything, it speaks also to like, the, the 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 encouragement of of mm. what a lot of our artists and groups in the Dallas area need. 
So, yeah. but I think that's that's a, one of the biggest parts of our work is sure executing the whole process of, of our funding programs, but then also how do we adjust our policies and practices to address equity in the city? But even further than that, it's how do we try to tear down um, or, or work through the structures that play that make us seem like scary or inaccessible mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Um, or inequitable and all of that to, to make it to where people feel comfortable coming to us in the first place. Because I completely understand that to be like, oh, let me go to this city that I don't necessarily trust because of everything else that's gone on in my life mm-hmm. that's made me distrust the city or city mm-hmm. government or things like that. Why would I approach someone or how would I even go about that? And then it's really about that relationship building in general and trying to break down those perceptions. Yeah. So what is the application process like from kind of walk us Ooh. through it? <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of questions or it's a lot of a process. Um, so the first thing uh, like, do you mean like to start the application or like once you've been funded? I guess it just kind of like walk us through from start to finish, like the basics of it, you know? Do you want to, talk about like what an applicant has to go through so they don't get yeah. scared and yeah. then what we do what on our side. That's fair. <laughs> so. fair, fair, fair. Okay, so as an applicant, um, you first have to kind of complete your application. Well, first make sure that you're eligible to mm-hmm. do an application. So to be eligible as an individual artist, you need to have a Dallas-based zip code. It cannot be Dallas County. It has to be city Dallas proper. Uh, we do not accept PO boxes because like anyone can go rent out a PO box. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing goes for organizations. You need to have a uh, Dallas based mailing address for us to, for you to be eligible for a nonprofit. You need to also have 501c3 status and then be, what is it with the state? You have to be Doing business with the state. You have to be a registered entity with the state you. of Texas. Mm. Ugh, you said that so beautifully. <laughs> I couldn't. I could not. Um, so once you're like, yes, I have those things, and then your project also has to have a big basis in arts and culture. So it can't just be like, oh, I want to do something humanitarian. That's great, but we need a strong arts and culture mm-hmm. kind of backbone in it. And um, you would do your application. The application is accessible through an online portal, so you can do it online. There is a written application. It talks about what your project is, what your impact is. You have a little bit of, you do a proposed budget, which is where I think a lot of applicants get a little freaked out. Um, That is just saying, if I were to get this amount of funding, this is how I would spend it. You also do your audience diversity, who you think you're going to serve, and um, talk a little bit about a marketing plan and how you're going to like get the word out about your project. And then you film a five-minute presentation video, just kind of showing um, what your application is. We have three questions that we ask for you to answer. You submit it, and then you're kind of hands-off for the moment until we send out funding notices. Um, and if you get funding, if you get funded, great, awesome, then we will work with you to work with the contracting process. On your end, you will have to do a revised budget, you'll have to sign your contract, you'll have to approve a scope of work that just kind of outlines what your project is, and then at the end, you'll do a final report telling us what your project is. Mm-hmm. Glenn, do you want to talk about what, what we have to do from that point on? Yeah, so on the in-between is a bunch of sort of administrative work that we have to do, which is why sometimes things may seem like they're taking a while. We've tried to structure things to be as rapid as possible. And even against, right, like everything for the city always takes longer. I don't know how to change that. It just is. There's always so (laughs) many different hands that something has to go through or touch or whatever you want to call it. Um, But even with some of our other 
like funding partners that are non-government agencies, I would say that we still are, especially for Arts Activate, one of the fastest sort of turnarounds when it comes to notification of funding at least. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but sort of on the in-between, after an applicant submits their application, we're going through a community panel process. So we bring together basically interested members from uh, the Dallas area uh, and they sit on our panel. And so they review the applications based off of sort of the scoring criteria that we set up, which is like intention, what is your project, impact, who you're serving, and then sort of this overall um, scoring criteria, sort of right, the clarity of your application, your marketing strategy, stuff like that that you're looking at. So they're looking at all of that. They review your applications and score them. We sort of debrief with them in the end. And then we, as staff, um, look at all of those scores and make kind of a, a staff recommendation as to who should get funding and how much, right, based on our budget. We take that to our allocations committee. Um, our allocations committee is a committee of our full arts and culture advisory commission, which is a body of individuals, an advisory body that are appointed by our elected officials, right? So every council member chooses one, the mayor chooses our chair, and then we have a couple of at-large seats as well on that particular um, advisory body. And so our allocations uh, committee is anywhere between five and seven members. And so we as staff take that recommendation, funding recommendation to them. We discuss, we deliberate, they make sort of any um, recommendations and changes in that funding as they see fit. And then finally sort of vote on that final recommendation. Once we get that from them, that's when we then do mm. the funding notices to our applicants. Um, we'll send them a, yay, you got funded or a, so sorry. Oh my God, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for all of your work. Let's see how we can improve your applications in the future. And so we do work with a lot of our um, non-funded applicants through our different rounds um, to try to strengthen our application for future funding. Um, then after that... We didn't, we didn't, I'm sorry to interrupt. Really, We didn't properly introduce <laughs> Nina, our sixth guest, <laughs> special guest with us this morning, uh, Nina. <laughs> Nina Petunia. Nina Penina. Nina Penina. She is my 11-week-old cockapoo, and yes. she is making a lot of noise. And y'all should check out the post that'll be on Instagram because <laughs> yes. she's cute. So if you, hear, if you hear Nina with the zoomies or tugging on her bag or her chew toys. That's her. <laughs> That's that. She's a lot. It's actually just Adriana, like, <laughs> getting a little antsy. <laughs> but that's a lot of, um, that's a whole lot. But it, is. Yeah. It, it gives us a glimpse. Well, and all sort of plays into, and I really, I mean, a lot of it is sort of trust this process. But at the same time, what I sort of really like about our process in general is we're always trying to get, um, we're trying to create this triangle of input. And so one is our staff portion of it, right? And so that's with our recommendations, our process, our policies, our guidelines, and stuff like that. We also want community input, and that's where our community panel comes into play, right? So we have members in the community that are invested, interested, engaged with the Dallas arts and culture ecosystem, scene, whatever. So we have our community input. And then we have input uh, by our elected officials or an extension thereof, right, which is our um, allocations committee. Mm -hmm. And so when you get all three of those it really sort of strengthens and legitimizes the process overall. So it's not just staffing like, I like these projects, we're gonna fund those, right? Because that's not a thing right. or shouldn't be a thing, right? We don't have full reign over this. We don't always know what's best for this. What we do know is the structure that we work in, the 
problematic issues in the structure that we work in and how we break those down. And that's how we do that through our policy and our guidelines. And so we try to set up our applicants for success to sort of meet our goals, our priorities specifically of our cultural plan. And then our community comes in with their input and their engagement. And then of course our elected officials who are appointing our um, commission members, our committee members to help sort of give that level of um, scrutiny in it as well. So I think as long as we hit those three points, we have something that's really strong and well thought out. And so when we yeah. make those funding decisions, we really have some clout behind it. How often is the community panel like rotate? Like, do you, is it every few applications? Is it every year? Because that's important to have, you know, not the same people right. picking yeah. the same um, grants. That's a really great point. Um, we are constantly, uh, trying to add. So basically what we do is we have a, a really long roster of panelists mm -hmm. that we'll pull from. And so anyone that's listening, if you have an interest in being a panelist for our process, uh, please let any of us know and we will uh, go through that process of getting you on that roster. Mm -hmm. um, you can be anyone that just consumes art in the city. You can be someone who works with an arts organization or a nonprofit, really anyone, because we all bring our own experience and expertise to the process. Mm -hmm. um, and so everyone, especially as like a city funded situation, mm -hmm. should have a voice in this process, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And, art, to be and, an and right. so, but you can be an artist also. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you can be an artist, but you don't have to be an artist. I feel like sometimes people get like, oh my gosh, I have to like really have a big understanding of art. You don't have to. Mm -hmm. Like you can just like understand the communities that we're trying to serve and understand the Dallas landscape. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you will still be, in my opinion, a very strong panelist because you will be the person that like the artists are trying to provide services to. Mm -hmm. So Exactly. And so we have a really long roster. And so what we'll do is when an, an application is coming up for review, we will kind of reach out to a group or all of them and try to build our panels. We typically have about four panels, sometimes three, depending okay. on the number of applicants per like round of applications. Then what we'll do is that subsequent round, we will look at those who just served and try to hold off on that mm -hmm. for a minute and let other people yeah. serve on a panel as well. Yeah. So mm -hmm. exactly what you're mentioning. So we're making sure that we're getting fresh eyes, new people sort of yeah. on there. So we're not having the same people essentially making yeah. the decisions when it comes to that. We have a lot of panels because if you think about Arts Activate, there's three rounds, so four rounds for four app, four panels for each round, and then COP also gets four rounds, four round, or, four panels. or four panels, and then what our is COP? It's our organization-based funding program for Dallas-based nonprofits. Cultural organizations. Cultural program. organizations <laughs> program. I don't know what I just said. Ooh, I black out sometimes when I speak. Mm -hmm. It's because it's so early. It's so early. early. Uh, oh, 3 the, sun, the sun's starting to come out. Oh, you, you hear the rooster? The Oak Cliff rooster? You know, that guy. <laughs> Classic. Oh, man. Um, okay, so what does an artist commit to when they receive funding? Once they receive that notification, what, what are the expectations? So what they are first committed to doing the project that they have proposed that they're going to do. Um, we are okay with working if like some modifications happen. So like, oh, for example, the venue I was gonna do can't host me or I need to do go somewhere else. Um, that's fine as long as they kind of work with us through it. So they're, they're, I think that's the biggest part is they have to actually do the project that they said they were going to do. Mm -hmm. The After that, um, it's working with us for the contracting process. 
Uh, if they require, if the Office of Risk Management says that they require insurance, going through that insurance or background check with us. Um, and then when they get funding, doing the revised budget and then doing their final report that has a lot of like data tracking, which is how we get a lot of information on who we're serving, how many people we're serving, what are what do our demographics look like. Mm -hmm. So that to us is very crucial to understand like what we are doing good and what we can improve on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think one of the other things is um, how you're actually getting paid, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So like you're, you're asking to do this, but you're also getting paid. So one, as an applicant, making sure that you're paying yourself, like key, it's kind of part of all of it in general. Um, but then being ready for your payment not to come, because these aren't technically um, like grant grants. So we try to avoid that particular terminology because it sort of gives this idea that we're just going to give you all this money up front and you're going to go do your thing. That's not really how the city works. What we do is you provide specific services and we essentially reimburse you for those services. We're paying you for mm -hmm. something that you've delivered to us. Mm -hmm. And so we disperse payments usually within three payments overall. And so we try to make it to where like basically once your contract is executed, you've kind of met these really simple, easy deliverables. So they need that revised budget, mm -hmm. like Adriana was saying. And we'll give you 25% of your total award, yeah. right? To get things moving. And then you'll meet sort of a second set of like milestones and you'll get like 50%. And then when you finish your project, you'll get that final 25%. Mm -hmm. And we work with you on the, what those milestones are. Right, so exactly. it'll be catered to whatever your project is. Okay. So we try to make sure that like you have the financial capacity to also get this mm -hmm. project executed. But at the same time, because of how the city pays for services, nothing is ever like up front first and then you provide it you provide it and then we pay you back for it yeah that's definitely a, a city thing yes <laughs> deaf is i have a more personal question yeah, sure. for both of you what do you enjoy about um being in this position and working with the community in this way like what's your favorite part about about doing this job oh i just get paid every two weeks <laughs> 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 um no, I, as I've worked more and more in this process and developed new programs and really try to tweak guidelines and things like that, I've realized that um, justice is um, addressed through like policy and money, mm -hmm. essentially. And so we deal yeah. with both of, both of those things to address injustices in the city, inequities in the city. And so my favorite part is really looking at our cultural plan, which is informed by our residents of Dallas getting feedback from our residents, getting feedback from our panelists who are also, right, community members and invested in mm -hmm. what's going on and seeing what our landscape looks like and trying to set our artists, our applicants, really up for success in this process to start giving um, voice and a platform for those who have been historically excluded, mm -hmm. right? And so um, trying to look at the current or the historic Eurocentric structures that are in place, right? The white structures that are in place um, and trying to um, break those down essentially and giving, yeah. Yeah. Well, I really like seeing like baby artists, not like literal baby artists. <laughs> yeah. But like. Finger painting. <laughs> yeah, I want to see that. <laughs> but seeing artists who um, are just starting off their craft or maybe have just like finished school or and mm -hmm. haven't really fully ever done a project before I really enjoy getting them and then like having them explore 
like programs that we have with us in the city and then watching them get funded and then sub- subsequently is that the word mm-hmm. yes yes continue getting funding and seeing their craft that was like a small idea blossom into this like big project that like is mm-hmm. going year after year after year i really enjoy that i also see the effect that artists getting paid has on their like self-esteem and their like idea that you can be an artist and still get paid for it and like the whole idea of like a starving artist like does not have to be true like you can get funded for your craft and that the city of dallas finds value in your art and work Mm -hmm. i think is very powerful for artists because i've seen artists like get one little funding program with us and then just expand and go and go to different areas and like just really really grow in their craft so i enjoy Mm -hmm. seeing that process from start to end and just seeing how much it gives them confidence i think it's important because it's a reminder that arts is important to dallas like it's you know it makes dallas different Mm -hmm. to have artists and to fund artists and to be a part of the community and and it is work making art is oh yeah yeah Yeah. well that's why like we do get we get applications where, right, like an artist hasn't paid themselves and we're like, mm, why don't we rework this budget? Because yeah. it really is, I mean, how can you, how can you like give money but not attribute as part of like strengthening the arts ecosystem, making mm-hmm. sure that an artist yeah. is paying themselves. And that issue in and of itself is like, shows the sort of problematic nature of how society treats artists in general. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully we can help sort of change that narrative and, and whatever, small way that we possibly can. But as far as like the city supporting arts, I've had this conversation multiple times relatively recently um, where we talk about how great the city is at supporting the arts right now and the amount of money that we're able to give out every year, which the number of art, the fact that we're even able to fund individual artists directly, which is not a thing across different cities, even like where we get our money from the city to fund all of this kind of stuff is structured in a way that sets us up for success and longevity. But um, I have these conversations and I think about our past few um, like iterations of city council over the past few elections and not once from my recollection, recollection have I heard them talking about cutting our budget any more than like any other particular department, right? Like last year was a really tough year in general. So like everyone had to like Mm. go through reductions. All right, I get it. Not great, but I get it. But no one voiced up like, ooh, maybe we should cut arts and culture more. Uh Maybe, and in fact, like city council stepped up and made sure they could restore, found money elsewhere to restore our funding to make sure we're able to continue to support our artists and our arts organizations. And so I think that that support, one, is a reflection of the culture of Dallas in general Mm -hmm. through their election of our city officials. Yeah. And just the kind of support that we've seen through them. It's really, really refreshing and kind of against what everyone would sort of just assume based off of how people have thought of arts and culture in the past. It's really interesting to think of arts and culture as a part of policy and city government, because it's not often that you see that it's so intertwined or goes so hand in hand. And I think this is one of the situations where we're seeing that, you know, the way that policy or the way that things are being decided within our city government is deeply impactful into the arts and culture um, environment and just ecosystem Mm -hmm. of Dallas. Mm -hmm. Super interesting. It is really interesting. I never thought that I would be like in this conversation or doing this kind of work, but mm. I did not realize how much I would like it. Def did not. Def did <laughs> not. <laughs> when I was, yeah. 
working on my social work right. degree. I was not like, oh yeah, I'm gonna help provide equity with funding right. artists. Uh-uh, absolutely not. But it's it's very fulfilling work. Yeah. Yeah. So, what is a common mistake that people make on their application, uh-huh. or one of the most common? So for me, number one is budget. So like either they are in a surplus, which shows that they have not used all their money that they're requesting, or they're in a deficit, which for us shows that this project can, maybe might not work because they don't have enough funds for it. Okay. So I think budget is very big, and I think artists get very confused with budgets, which is always something that I'm like, come talk to us, and we will help you work through your budget. Mm-hmm. There's also a scoring criteria with our budget that really like – gets people confused so always uh, if you can't like have no time for us to review your content at least be like can you look through my budget make sure it's good because that will that can disqualify you and then our panelists sometimes do take notes of like oh this budget is weird i'm not liking it that's that's a really big one um for this round not having an event in person and doing everything virtual last year because of the panorama we did not require (laughs) the panasonic we did not require a um, in-person event obviously because of covid but we still wanted to provide services so a lot of our artists were innovative and did really cool virtual things but this year we are requiring at least one in-person event that isn't serving your intended audience Mm -hmm. and then um so not being eligible because you are not a city of dallas resident very very important because these are city of Dallas taxpayer dollars, so they mm-hmm. can. We're trying to really concentrate it here, so it's not Dallas County. I get that asked all the time. Does Dallas yeah. County count? Nope, it does not. Um, and you need to like have a mailing address in the city of Dallas yeah. that we can send things out to, because we do send out our checks through mail. So if it's just like an address for something that doesn't receive mail, it's not going to work. Um, and same thing for nonprofits. So nonprofits who do not have an admin office in the city of Dallas cannot do it. Or if your event is not in the city of Dallas, <laughs> we've had some that are like, oh, it's in downtown Garland. No, no, sweetie. It's not yeah. no. <laughs> it needs to be within the city limits of Dallas. Um, if your proposal is too short, we have had some proposals that are 16 words. Like that is oh, not wow. sufficient. No. <laughs> uh, they were straight into the point. They were. They were. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. Right. Just a sentence. Uh-uh. It needs to be at least, I, in my opinion, five sentences. To me, that's like five thoughts. <laughs> Iris over like, here is dying laughing. <laughs> yeah, Iris is like, like a hundred words. I feel yeah, like a hundred words. Like I think two fifty. Come on. Right. I agree. I mean, I no, agree. Again, yeah. <laughs> well, you think about like because you did the math. Like an artist is able to request up to seventy five hundred dollars. Yeah, that's a so lot of money. You yeah. better write more. A hundred <laughs> words. That's seventy five dollars a word. If you can <laughs> eke out a hundred words, like that's a lot. It is. It is. So do don't make it too short. You really want to take your time on it and yeah. think about it. But you also don't want it to be too long. Yeah. Because if it is too long and it's too artsy fartsy and like things are getting lost in the sauce, like people like the panelists get. You're saying a whole lot of things that describe bored. me. Are you artsy fartsy? Lost in the sauce. <laughs> Uh, too much sauce. Just to, and never enough so sauce. much ragu. Never enough, never enough sauce. sauce. Just dripping all that ragu. Just take a uh-uh. masala. All the- <laughs> Some butter chicken. Some naan. Oh, oh, man. That sounds so good. Uh-uh. You want it to be like that We don't want the whole medium. buffet. We'll we want show, the entree. I'll just show you the TikTok about that later. I'll need to Some like... Uh-uh. Off topic. Off topic. Yeah, Anyway. So you wanted to have enough details, but not too much details. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it. You don't need to like. You don't need to write a thesis. You definitely do not, oh God, because no. the panelists get really turned off 
when they mm-hmm. have to read like words on words on words on words on words because they're reviewing a lot of applications mm-hmm. like they can yes. be reviewing 14 to 20 applications yeah. mm-hmm. i've read which ones have i read um well you've cuz you've know. done uh, <laughs> you've read sort a of lot. yeah you've done sort of our um uh Cultural plan, plan priority. Yes. priority reviews. But yeah, so you've read through those proposals and yeah. then their responses. And like, I can tell y'all, from my perspective, we had to read how many? 20 at a time? Yeah, or you had to read about 20. 20. Yeah, it is tough when you're having to read one after another, after another, after another. And, you know, there's there's a question. And so my my biggest recommendation as someone that has read them is go to the point. Tell us why, you know, what your answer to the question is. You can add as many flowers as you want to it. But if I, at the end of the day, cannot pull, you know, away from that and get to and say, this is what the the answer to the question was, then it gets difficult yeah. after yeah. reading 20 yeah. of them. And having someone really who is not part of your project read, I know I've already said it, but that mm-hmm. to me is such a crucial part because yes. you get so in your own head about what you were writing about yes. that like it's, it's, or you'll make assumptions like, yeah. oh yeah, everyone will know what this like very random art form is. No, no, they won't know. know. They don't know. And so you do, I will say that you have to kind of approach it like, um, like if you're giving this over to, um, an elementary schooler, middle schooler, you know, and you want them to read it, get it, understand it, and move on. Um, because the more there is, the m- like it gets lost yep. in there. When you're right, you're literally writing it for a stranger. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, and mm-hmm. like I said, and that's really the wonderful part of it is, like I said, like all community members from all walks of life, from all backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And so, like Adriana was saying, like making assumptions about like your discipline or your art form, uh, different like. Uh, people that are a part of your discipline or art form too that you think are like you know the the top of the whatever and everyone should know no everyone does not know there's Mm -hmm. also so many disciplines like i've you know there was there's dance there's music there's uh visual art there's everything under the sun so while you may know something you know to the you know i don't know how to even explain like you know everything about that discipline someone like me that doesn't do any like really art in any form to me it's all like okay yeah. well, what is this you know I agree. or even just knowing like oh assuming people know about areas in dallas like oak cliff that's another one because people might be like i don't know what oak cliff is or mm-hmm. i only know oak cliff because of bishop arts so like what do you yes. mean you're gonna service oak cliff they already have enough services things like that um making those types of assumptions will not help your application mm-hmm. you really want to make sure that you are being clear and that you are talking to someone who might not know the things that you know Give yeah. lots of specifics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Instead just, of saying yeah. Oak Cliff, maybe you say, you know, um, the Elmwood neighborhood. Or maybe and you say. give me some background on that. Yeah. 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 And why? Yeah. Like, why the Elmwood neighborhood? Yeah. Sorry. I'm just giving a little plug. I live there. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. So, like, a lot of our, our applicants are asked to, like, pick a particular priority from a Dallas cultural plan and tell me how you're meeting that priority yeah. with your project. And staff will score those. That's what you were working mm-hmm. on, Monica. And so staff will score those on like, are you clearly defining mm-hmm. somewhat or not? And a lot of that is like, don't make assumptions. Tell yeah. me how we give an example of like here in Oak Cliff. It's part of our, I've used this example, I feel like for three years and you the changed them up. Project. The mural project. Ugh, I've read it so many times. Right now. And so <laughs> it's like, if you want to do a mural project and get together, um, 
various sort of Latinx artists to do this mural project to represent um, different Latinx cultures and sort of show that it's not just a monolith, but then you're also addressing sort of the, the fast gentrification of the Oak Cliff, the larger mm. Oak Cliff area, right? Well, tell me, what does all of that mean? Like we're sitting here talking about it and we get it. Yeah. But it's because we're a little bit more engaged and we work for the city and we understand these neighborhoods a little bit more, but even like, I don't live in Oak Cliff. And so there are nuances that I still don't understand, right? How are you like, tell me about the fact that like Oak Cliff didn't always used to be gentrified. Like who was in Oak Cliff before? Why is it important that you're giving a voice to Latinx artists to, to address mm -hmm. these things, right? Without being too like long winded, <laughs> because then you're like, all right, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, Gotta hold on. Find the sweet spot. Yeah, but I mean, it's just like set the stage and then explain sort of why you wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah. I think start the the like an easy way to say it is start your app, start working on your application early, Ugh. right? Start start writing Please. it the night before and, is and not the time. Like you know, <laughs> 10 p.m. when it's due at 11:59. Yeah. Absolutely not. Give yourself weeks and then edit, edit, yeah. edit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Walk away but I from do it good under pressure. Do you? Like that's my thing, uh, right? Mm. That's, that's nice. my thing. So then, pretend, <laughs> pretend that it's true. So we, Adrian and I, are more than happy to read through an application and give our notes, right? Typically, applications are due on a Monday at eleven fifty nine, and the reason we have yeah. them p.m. p.m. Right. So the reason <laughs> we have them do it on a Monday is because if there are tech issues like throughout that day or there have been tech issues on the weekend, we can work on those and solve those so you can still submit it on Monday. That's literally the reason we have them do on Monday and not Sunday night, right? And so um, <laughs> it is not meant for you to like email us on the weekend on Sunday, Saturday, asking us to review your application for Monday. Give us like that Wednesday before they're due mm -hmm. and we can try to get it done. But anything after that, like yeah. it's only a team of two. We are only a team of two. There's yeah. only a table so tennis much. Team. Right. My... <laughs> not play soccer. No, not, not we do doubles team. tennis and that's, that's it. it. That's, that's it. it. My not next that... question was, what do y'all wish people knew, <laughs> you know, about funding programs or about like the back end? And I think one of them is it's it's a team of two. Yeah, we're, we're small. And we but have even a then y'all do y'all. I mean. So everything that you talked about in terms of a process and everything that goes into trying to find the most equitable way of funding these projects, the city provides a lot of help and resources and you have office hours and you're, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's a lot of things along the way that tell you if you're an artist and you want the city to help fund a project that you have in mind, there's a way to properly communicate that to us and there's a process on our side that will say, yes, we, we believe in it. We're going to fund it. Yeah, I think also just the structure of our, pro our Arts Activate, we have three rounds. So mm -hmm. you can apply in all three rounds, but get funded once. So that really mm -hmm. helps our artists and organizations who might not get funded on the first round because they're not really understanding the process to get feedback and try again it's round two and three. That's super so important. Even just the structure of it, I think is helpful. Um, we also for every round have info sessions for this round that's going to, we have a round that's gonna open up um, on December 6th and it's gonna close on January 3rd. And we're gonna have two live informational sessions of them on Facebook. So you can join from wherever you are comfortable 
One is going to be on December 6th, so the day that it opens at noon, and the other one's on December 8th at 5. That's where we're just going to really walk through the application process, talk through the program, and then be available for any questions that applicants might have. And then throughout that funding like cycle, we're going to have two open office hours, which is another opportunity for people to drop in either virtually or in person to ask questions about their application and then just get feedback. Uh, those will be, we're going to have one at the Latino Cultural Center on Tuesday, December 21st from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then another one here at Oak Cliff okay. on December 28th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. too. We're trying to hit that like mm-hmm. lunch time and we're doing it. Our, our idea to do this round three over kind of like the holiday season was because we got feedback that people didn't ha- that had more time during this time. So we're trying to also have those open office hours be around the holiday season as well. Mm-hmm. So if you like, I don't know, worked at a school and had some time off, you could uh, focus on that proposal. Honestly, the proposal shouldn't take, I feel like, a lot of time to create. If you have the idea, it's just talking about expressing that idea in a uh, proposal. We've, we've tried really, really yeah. hard to pare down our application as much as possible to still capture all the information needed for like our panelists to make a very educated um, and like well thought out review of an application, Mm -hmm. but not asking every year we look through and we Mm -hmm. go, okay, why are we asking this question? Is this something that's directly um, being scored, being scored, whether it's by our panel or by us as um, OAC staff. And if it's not, it's gone. Right, and we've gone through, because for the longest time we were asking questions that were sort of just like, oh, it's because we asked it last year, which was asked because it was asked the year before and the year before. So there were these like legacy useless questions that weren't really helpful, mm-hmm. but they were just on there. And so it's really been mm-hmm. about paring all of that down. Yeah. And so I think we've done a pretty a pretty good job of making it as like bare bones as possible, but there's still like some decent stuff to mm-hmm. get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I hear is Glenn and Adriana are friends of the people and they want to make it as easy as possible. <laughs> I mean, we really try. I mean, I would say like <laughs> our biggest job is to help people navigate the system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really, I mean, yeah. on, and that's in every step of the way, whether it's with the application or if you receive funding, it's with um, getting you through our contracting process, which mm-hmm. may seem very tedious, and that's because sometimes it is. But um, really, like, communicating and making sure we're like, hey, we need this from you, mm-hmm. great, and then we do mm-hmm. our stuff on our end, hey, we need this from you, all that kind of stuff, and helping. So so the burden is ideally not on the applicant, but rather on, on staff us. who know how to navigate a system yeah. are able to do so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How, how are you sharing, like, I know, Adriana, you just went down the list of, like, when y'all are going to be available and have office hours for those questions and kind of, you know, run through mm-hmm. the application process. How are you sharing those, that information with the, the public? Like, is there like a social media where you're like posting to, you know, let people in the community know that you're doing these things? Yes. Yeah, so our, we don't have our own Facebook page because uh, that's a lot. We, we, <laughs> I would not be able to create content that often. So shout out to y'all who are always like creating really awesome content because that's a lot of work. Um, shout out to Monica to always for always working hard on that. But we use the main OAC Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So if you like the City of Dallas Office of Arts and Culture, I don't know what the tag is on Facebook. At Dallas Culture. At Dallas yeah. Culture, I think is what it is. That is where we post. Um, that's where we'll have our Facebook Lives. That's where we'll post like events, like Facebook mm-hmm. events. Also on, if you go to artsactivate.com, that also always has a list of events mm-hmm. of where we're going to have our things. 
Um, we try to send some email blasts to like previous applicants so that they're aware of mm-hmm. it too. But we don't really have like an email like list to always blast out. Mm-hmm. So you can always, I'm telling you, artsactivate.com and then the, the Facebook is where you'll have the most live updates. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can always email us too if you're like, oh, I, I want to know, we'll respond and tell mm-hmm. you. Just be kind with us. Mm-hmm. Because where can someone find those email addresses? You can find them at... Dallas Culture. I don't know what Dot the website org. is. Yeah, DallasCulture.org. And then I think they're on, are they on artsactivate.com? They might not be. But if you go to the, like the main OAC page, like the website, and go to, I think staff it's about us? Cont- mm-hmm. about us or staff, yeah. if you scroll to the bottom, you'll see our beautiful pictures there. Mm-hmm. And um, you can, I think it has our email addresses, maybe. I think so. It has yes. your phone number and email It's address. at contact us. We're, we're looking at it right now. So you'll, you'll see like admin and then right where it says cultural programs, you'll see Glenn's information, a yes. beautiful headshot. And then <laughs> Majestic. you'll see me. Yes. And so uh, email is really the best way to get a hold yeah. of us. Uh, we're bouncing around the city a lot, like here at the mm-hmm. Cultural Center today. Uh, the email is the, the best because we actually have something sort of like physical to respond to. Um, and so, again, my name is Glenn Ayers. That's G-L-E-N-N dot two A-Y. N's. Two N's. G-L-E-N-N dot A-Y-A-R-S at DallasCityHall.com. And then Adriana's Oh, yeah. So is... my name is A-D-R-I-A-N-A one N dot Portillo, P-O-R-T-I-L-L-O at DallasCityHall.com. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I don't know. Do you all have any final questions? So um, in regards to, like, the communication thing, it, it's... Uh, it's not meant to be easy, but neither is the projects, right? Mm. That the artists and organizations propose. But I do think that there's a degree of simplicity to it that you all work really hard to try to say, look, if, if you've thought out your project or you have this idea in mind, you've put a lot of thought into it. We have the way to, to get you the funding. It's just going to take some work and we're here to help along the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've, we've actually funded quite a bit of people that you've recommended over to us. Like uh, Don Tortellini, I believe is his oh, name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was like, oh, Raphael referred me to y'all. And we, awesome. we worked through the process. Great and he got funded. He is, yeah. He's yeah. going to do a really cool exhibit of um, Oak Cliff. Yeah. Um, and he got funded round two. Yep. Yep. That's he awesome. Sure did. That's, cool. That's good to we've hear. We've also had, in, in the center, we've had um, Michaela. Mm-hmm. Oh, to yes. lit. She had her song. dance intensive here at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center. Yes. We have funded a lot of stuff. Yeah, we funded quite a bit yeah. of stuff um, that's come through here. Mm-hmm. So come through here. Yeah, so come yeah. check it out. <laughs> come to the Oak Cliff Cultural Center. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take that. We're going to start using that. That sound bite. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. Any, any final words? Any. Uh... Thanks so much for letting us talk about it. Yeah. This is great. I appreciate no, I think it was cool. I mean, Monica brought the idea because we do. We always get questions, whether it's through the phone, social media, an email, people that just come to our events. Um, and we do. I mean, we get approached with, you know, I feel like we like to have that open door policy type of approach to conversations. And so while we see a lot of artists that still have to formulate what their ideas are, we also, you know, we'll circle back or we'll touch back in. You know, we'll check back in with them when it's like, hey. I've thought it out a little bit more, um, but I do have questions. We're like, cool, we can answer some of them. We can't answer these, but reach out, or these are the things that you want to look out for. Um, And again, not meant to be easy, but I think in terms of help along the way, it's very simple. It's like, cool, you can't make it. We're going to broadcast this on Facebook Live. You can't make it to that? Send us an email. 
So yeah. um, I do a lot of Teams meetings too, like virtual meetings for people who are not able to meet our like regular meetings. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I agree. It's not intended to be like super duper easy. Yeah. Uh, but it it is if you do get funded, it's a good amount. So individual artists, yeah. as Glenn said, can get up to seventy five hundred. For organizations, if you are, it depends on what your operational budget is overall. But for a tier one, which is our lowest operational, you can get up to ten thousand dollars, and then our highest tier, which is over a million, can get twelve, fifteen, fifteen thousand. So I mean, it's a good chunk of change to do a project. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. And I think it's one of those things where, like, one final thought is the reason it's not just like easy Money, easy please. like yeah super yeah, easy is exactly. because we do have an obligation i mean these are city of dallas taxpayer dollars and so we have yeah. an obligation to fund those ideas yeah. that are fleshed through to make sure that when we do invest money in our artists or our organizations that those projects get done mm-hmm. and so um because if they don't get done then we're not providing yeah. a service to the public there's always two things that we want to do and that support our artists and our arts and cultural organizations and provide services for the residents of Dallas and if one of those things isn't being met then there's an issue right mm-hmm. we're not doing our sort of what we're called to do being mm-hmm. stewards of taxpayer dollars there you go well yeah. and that's what's really cool about you too because I think you understand that if the people that you're working with see success and we see success Dallas at large sees yeah. success and I think all of that kind of contributes to you know, I, I like to think that collectively, just the people in this room, you know, have this idea of moving Dallas culture forward in a, in a constructive way. And, you know, with a revamped cultural plan that was done, it's three, it's been three years, right? Three. Yeah, 2018, yeah. Yeah, um, I think, you know, we kind of, you know, we, we, we did a lot of work and we we're doing our best to kind of listen to how things are changing and evolving and moving forward and pushing the envelope and being innovative, but being engaging and understanding traditions and and history and kind of weaving all these things together to put our best foot forward. So um, I think it's a deep understanding um, that warrants a lot of work, but it's always cool to see people that are, are up for the task. Yeah. Wow, that's so, so kind. I know that's very kind. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> On that really, really high note, Oof. we're going to have to work to get these two down from their high horses yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> no, it won't take much. It doesn't. I'll check an email and we'll be right back down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So send nice emails their way. Yes, please do. Oh we get we get a lot of emails too. Yeah. My my inbox is hot and popping. It's the place to be. Yeah. So <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, um, nothing else from OC3 team? No, this nope. was great. I think people will, you know, if you're driving in your car and you're listening to this and thinking about how do I get funding, this is the podcast to be listening to if you're in uh, Dallas. Wow. So, yeah. love it. That's it. Yes, indeed. Um, so, yeah, artists, organizations, groups, if, if you're listening, um, you know, you can find them or, or get some information. Go to artsactivate.com. They gave you their email addresses. So make sure you um, you reach out if you have questions. Um, as always, OC3 is here, and we're happy to kind of make the connections and help. Okay. But we appreciate you listening to OC3 Frequencies, a podcast of the Oak Cliff Cultural Center, a division of the City of Dallas Office of Arts and Culture. Make sure you find and follow us on social media. We're at Oak Cliff Cultural Center. On Twitter, we are at Oak Cliff Culture. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure you rate us, review us. Five stars. We love that. Only um, five stars. Yeah, I only say five this stars. every that, time. <laughs> only five stars. If if you're thinking of a four star, talk to us so we can kind of see if there's... Nudge you in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> earn that star. Yeah. <laughs> we'll earn it. We will work for that extra star. 
Um, you can also check us out on Spotify or SoundCloud. Again, thank you so much for listening. This is Rafa with OC3 signing off. Bye, y'all. Bye. 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 Bye.